So um, we're continuing in our, um, in our series on the signs and wonders of Jesus. Over the last few weeks or so, we've been looking at signs and wonders. You know, different people have come up and told us different aspects um, of, of the signs that Jesus actually did um, in the book of John. And we know that John, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Christ, he, his focus was on the person of Jesus. So John, you know, like he started, he says, in the beginning was the word, bam. And the word was with God, and the word was with God. He didn't go back to sort of tell us about the genealogy or anything. He just said, this is Jesus. This is who he is. And that's what he wants to present to us. And I know we've read this scripture um, a number of times, so I'll go over it again today. It's um, John chapter 20, verse 31 to 30, um, 30 to 31. And it says this. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written or which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. By believing, you may have life in his name. You know, we sang that song earlier on, it says, I believe that you can move mountains. I believe you do what you've done, you do it again. God is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he wants us to be, whatever he says to us, just do what? Believe. Take him at his word, believe him. You know, Jesus himself said in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes only to heal and, sorry, only to steal, <laughs> only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's his ultimate desire for us, to have life and not just to have life as a taster, but to have it to the full. John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Now, this is eternal life, John 17, 3 says, that you may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you, ha um, whom you have sent. So I looked up the definition of know, just from that scripture. It says, now, this is the eternal life that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. The word know is a verb. It's a doing word. I know we're talking about signs and sayings. You know, I'm not going to give you the definition of signs. You've heard that so many times. I know you should know that by heart now. It's been coming for the last few weeks. What's a sign? It points you to something. Now, I want to look at the word know. There are two um, Two definitions that I, I found. One, the first one is to be aware of through to be aware of through observation, inquiry, or inquiry or information. And the second one says to have developed a re to, to sorry, to have developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending time with them, be familiar or friendly with that person. You know, John, showing us the person of Jesus in the book of John, he made it abundantly clear 
that knowing Jesus is the ultimate goal. That's what he's trying to tell us. That he's pulling us into an experience of who Christ is so that what? We might know him. You know, this was the ultimate pursuit of, of Paul the Apostle. He says that I might know him. That was all he said. He said, I count everything I've achieved. You know, Paul the Apostle was a great man of God. You know, he, had, he was a scholar. He had read while He'd done so many things, even in the name of Christ. Or in the name of God that was actually even against God. But when he found out who Christ was, when he encountered him, he said, all the things I've achieved in my life, what do I do? I count them but lost. So that I may, you know, pursue the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. That I may know him. So, um, so we're going to look at one of the signs that Paul, um, sorry, not Paul, John shows us in the book of John. So today we're focusing on the fifth sign, and it's Jesus um, when he walks on the water. So I'm going to take a scripture from John, a text from John chapter 6 and verse 16 to 24. So if you follow me on that, you can see Jesus there walking on the water. So it says, when evening came, his, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now, it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. Verse 20. Verse 20, but he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they, were, then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it, entered it with his disciples but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So that's our text today. Now, that event happened immediately. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? And after they ate the bread and, you know, the real Bible says they had enough. And there was, um, you know, 12 baskets full. And immediately after that, this happened. And actually, this story actually is recorded in the book of um, Mark and also in the book of Matthew. I'd encourage us to all go and read all of it so it gives us a full picture of that story. So, um, in John 14, 15, he says, after the people had saw the sign... Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who, who is to come into the world. Jesus knowing what they intended to come, sorry, Jesus knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew and went into the mountain by himself. So this is something that we read in the scripture about Jesus. You know, he often would um, go to the mountain and ju just be with God, you know, spend time in the presence of his father. And just by himself. So he was, he was somebody who was very prayerful. And that's something we should emulate as disciples of Christ also. 
So, again, like I said, this, this, this story also, we can find it in the um, account of, in the book of Mark. And in chapter 6, you know, when we read verse 1, it said, you know, the disciples got into the boat in the evening. And when I read that, I thought, hmm, oh, these disciples, why did they go and leave Jesus behind? But when we actually read in the book of Mark, it says, um, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. So it was Jesus who had told them to get into the boat. They were basically following the instructions of Christ. And after leaving him, after they had gone into the boat, Jesus went to pray. And the Bible says later that night, when the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on, on this is the account of Mark, while he was alone on the land, the Bible says Jesus Christ saw them. He saw his disciples. You know, they were straining on the oars. They were kind of, you know, in this boat, and the, the waves had come, the storm had come. Actually, if you look in the, um, in, you know, we read a bit more about that, the lake um, of, um, of Galilee. It's a lake that, that there's mountains and all, you know, um, all around it. And it, it does say, in terms of um, some background information, that there's a lot of storm. It's quite a stormy area. There's, you know, they experience storms all the time. But the Bible tells us that on this particular day, on the evening when they were going, everything seemed okay. There was nothing. And Jesus told them to get into the boat and go to Tiberia and, and yeah, go to um, Capernaum. So, but around evening, what happened? The Bible tells us that, you know, later that night, that the boat was in the middle of the lake. And the disciples had gone from evening. So if you look at the time, the evening was probably between six and nine. And by now, I don't know how, the Bible says that they had gone about four, three, four, three or four miles. So they were in the middle of the lake. Capernaum, or the Galilee, is not such a very wide lake. I think it's, it says that um, there's probably about, I don't know, maybe 12 miles altogether. So by this time, they're probably in the middle. And by now, really, they should have gone to, gotten to the other side. But the Bible says that they were in the middle, you know? And by now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Um, a few years ago in our house, we had loads of rain. It was so, there's so much rain. I've never had, you know, um, seen so much rain gathered like that. Actually, we had the flooding. So when we look at the, um, the news and you see all those homes, the guy flooded, Actually, I have experienced it in my own home. And the, the interesting thing there was that we had these really big beans. So we're a large family, we're a family of six, and so we have large beans. <laughs> so, so these beans were being lifted up by this water. I could not believe how powerful water can be. You know, it says water without boundaries can be really dangerous. And, you know, but God puts boundaries, you know, around water. And that's why they stay where they are. But this night, the Bible says the storm came and the disciples were terrified. Terrified because they were doing everything, you know, they're rowing, you know, sweating, maybe, you know, doing all kinds of things. Can you imagine you could be sweating in the midst of a lake because at that time, their hearts were in the mouth. You know, and what was going through their mind? I bet they were thinking, where's Jesus, by the way? You know, he told us to go to Capernaum and he's not here yet. And yet we're going through all this stuff. You know that sometimes life can be like that. 
you know, that, you know, you think, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, I've already, you know, I know what, who God is, and yet we go through very difficult situations, difficult circumstances, you've thrown everything you know at it, and the more you throw at it, you think you're making progress, the more something else comes, the more something else comes, I begin to wonder, Lord, do you actually see me? Lord, I, I, is, you know, are you with me? But God says he sees you. And you know, when we hear that testimony that, um, about Corey brought this morning, and how even sometimes it's difficult, difficult and then, but he still comes to church. He's had a terrible week, but he comes around and the praise of the people around helps him, you know, to, 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 to you know, helps him to get better. Or maybe, you know, he's thinking, or he knows that people are praising him and that's enough for him. That takes him over the edge of that situation. God is saying that no matter what it is you're going through, he does what? He sees you. We're told in the book of Mark that Jesus Christ, when evening came, that he saw his disciples and they were straining on the oars. So what happened next? Let's go and find out. It says, yeah, by now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. They were buffeted by the waves, harassed, distressed. Like I said, all was well at the time they set off. But by now, <laughs> the waves were harassing them. You know, again, like I said, unexpected circumstances can show up in life. I don't know what it is you're experiencing today. Is it something to do with your relationship, your marriage? Is it a financial situation that you're really working hard at? The more you work hard, the more difficult it gets. Have you got worries over your whole family, over your children? You know, you think, oh, well, actually, by now, I expect the children to be doing X, Y, and Z. They're not there. The kind of stories you hear about young people these days, you know, the peer pressure, the social media influence. Are you worried about that in your own family? Are there any challenges in your health? You know, what's the doctor saying? Have you got a report that frightening you, like striking fear at the heart? And you're saying, Lord, where are you? Where are you, oh God? This can be very, very dark times. We live in a world that is so dark. If you see all that happening around the world today, you begin to think, Lord, where are you? What's happening here? But we know that God sees all of these things. God sees them. He's not overwhelmed by them, even though we might be overwhelmed by them. But he isn't. And he wants to step into our situations he wants to walk upon those things that are an issue for us. You know, like I said, Jesus sees their distress. He saw how the disciples were straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And the Bible says, about the fourth watch, I think this is in the in book of Mark, he came to them you know, Jesus walked on the water. These guys were, <laughs> they probably thought they were going to drown, the boats were going to capsize. And here was Jesus coming upon the very thing that was causing them problems, that was buffeting them, that was harassing them, that was causing them to be so frightened. You know, sometimes, like I said, you might be going through a situation, but God's presence is with you. God is there with you. You might not necessarily experience it or feel it, 
But he's, you know that because the Bible says he never leaves you nor forsake you, that he can trust and believe that God is there with you. Here they see the presence of Jesus. And what do they do? What do they do? They are frightened. I know that we know that um, Jesus had not died at that time, so I don't know why they were frightened. Um, but again, we, we, we can criticize the disciples and say, oh, why did they behave that way um, with the benefit of hindsight? But sometimes we not do that ourselves. You know, sometimes it feels we have the presence of God, but yet we're still very much frightened, even despite the fact that we know that God is with us and he's going through that circumstance and that issue with us. So the Bible says they were frightened. But what did he do? He came up to them and said, it is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. No matter what it looks like. Um, 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 David, you know, wrote in the Psalms, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside this, the water still. You know, and it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death is not a, a, a very nice place to be. But it says, what well, I will do what I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Thy rod and the staff, they comfort me. In Psalm 41, verse 3 to, um, verse 1 to 3, it says, God is our refuge. Ever pres an ever-present help in trouble. Whatever it is that you might be facing right now, know that God is what? He's your refuge. You can always go to him. His arms are open wide. Jesus saw that disciples, he must have known the disciples were going to be having a really hard time. But yet, but we're told he made them get into the boat. What was that about? Was that so they can experience, you know, they can, he can, I don't know whether I was testing their trust in him. But whatever it is, no matter how difficult, God wants you to know that you can trust him and he's with you. So Psalm 46, 1 to 3 says, God is our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters, though, sorry, though, though, its, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with a surging. Verse 11. The Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. That's what they looked like. It was like, oh, Jesus is coming. We now we recognize him. Oh, it is the Lord. But yet, he was about to pass them by. Remember the story of the um, turning bread, uh, sorry, turning water into wine. And Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. You know, sometimes it might feel like that. But God never, ever passes us by. He actually went out to the lake to them. They thought they had seen a ghost. But here he comes, encouraging them immediately. He says, it is I, do not be afraid. You know, anything, God has not given us the spirit of fear. The Bible says he's given us the spirit of boldness, love, and of a sound mind. God comes into our situation to calm us down, you know, to remove the fear. He says, do not be afraid, I'm with you. When the almighty God is your fortress, there is nothing to fear. You know, we, this again, um, 
we draw parallels in this story with the story of the exodus of the Israelites. You know, remember the story when Moses um, saw the burning bush and he turned around and he'd been having this conversation with God and God said, now you have to go to the children of Israel. You're going to, you know, I've seen their, their, um, I've seen their misery and their distress. I've had the cries over this over 400 years they've been there and I've, I'm coming down to save them. Jesus said, God said, sorry, it was Jesus, God now. God said, I'm coming down to save them. But Moses was going to be his mouthpiece. And he said, you have to go to the Israelites and tell them, you know, I'm coming to save them. And he said, who am I to go? This is Moses saying, who am I to go before the children of Israel and tell them I am going to deliver them? And who shall I say sent me? And God said, say to them, I am who I am, have sent me. In other words, I am the God Almighty have sent me. That's exactly the same word that Jesus had used in this passage with his disciples. When he said, I am, I am, do not be afraid. I am, I'm the almighty God. I'm the one who is able to step upon the waters. I have control over nature, the Lord of creation. You know, he has, he suspended the laws of creation that day. He walked, nobody had ever seen anybody walk on the water and yet, Almighty God in human flesh was walking on the waters. And yet those very same waters, the same waters that was buffeting, harassing, and causing problems for the disciples. It's the same for us today. God Almighty is in control of our world. He's in control of your life. He's in control of all activity. Even whatever is happening all over the world, you know, all this bombing and things here. You know, you could, somebody might think maybe God is not in control. He is absolutely in control. He's in control. Not that he wants any life to be lost, but the world hasn't run away in terms of God has lost control on earth. God is in full control. But you know what he wants us to do as his children? He wants us to bring our lives under his control. Our lives under his rule and authority. You know, and how do we do that? We come to the knowledge of salvation. You know, Jesus Christ says there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved for on, but except the name of Jesus Christ. Um, so today, if you are not saved, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if you do not have a relationship with him, he invites you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to bring his life, your life under his rule and reign. And that's when we begin to have that life. You know, in John chapter um, 20, verse 30 and 32, when he says, these signs are written so that you may believe, you may believe, and in believing you may do what? You might have life. It is only when we bring our lives subject to the authority of Christ, we allow him to be in control of us. That's when we begin to experience the life of Christ. You know, I think it's in John 10, and it says, you know, he is the light. He's, he's the light that gives, he's the light that gives life to every, to the whole of mankind. The whole world is in a dark place. The only light is Jesus. You know, so He's appeared as the I am. He says, I am. Do not be afraid. I'm God Almighty. I'm in control. I'm in control of the heavens. I'm in control of all the elements of earth. And therefore, you can trust. You can trust in me. Amen. 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 This sign, you know, reveals something about Jesus. Like I said, he said, I, I, he's the I am. You know, imagine the disciples, they've been going about with Jesus every day. You know, they, they saw the water 
um, turned into wine, you know, they fed the disciples. Imagine that 5,000. Just imagine. I'm just trying to say, okay, they, this, they've seen all these great things with Christ. You know, you, you, that five loaves of bread was divided into how many? I don't know how many. There were 12 disciples, and each one had a little piece. Imagine that each time somebody gives to a group, it doesn't finish. The same piece increases. And it, you can imagine what, they, what was going through their mind. They have been with Jesus. They have understood that this person is not ordinary. He's not ordinary. He's different. There's something different about this man. He's, he's different. He's the Messiah. But he comes this time. Not only does he walk on water. Don't, not only does he, does he come to them and reaches out to them in their distress. But the Bible says he calms the storm. He, you know, he brings peace into that situation. He brings stability into that situation. You know, you might be going through a situation today and it might not be so peaceful when you think about it. Do you know God can bring peace into it if you let him? Do you know God can come, to, can come into that situation and calm things down for you? But he needs you to partner with him to do that. He needs you to join hands with him. Allow him into that boat. The Bible says he came by them. He was as if he was going to pass by, but when they recognized who he was, what happened? So let him into the boat. Amen. Have you got a boat of life? All of your life is a boat. In which direction are you rowing? Are you rowing towards Jesus? Are you allowing him to come into that boat of your life? In Job, um, in Job verse 9 and verse 10, the Bible says he stretches out the heavens by himself. Only God can do that. That is the divinity of Christ. He stretches out the heavens by himself and walks on the waves. So this was Jesus Christ fulfilling something that had been said about him in the Old Testament. Again, like I said, the I am translates, the, the it is I, don't be afraid, translates into the I am. The I am that I am. You know, I'm God Almighty. That's what he gave to Moses. Isaiah 41 um, verse 10. You know, again, that's an interesting, um, well, interesting in terms of the fact that it kind of buttresses what Christ was saying to his to the disciples. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. It says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's always with us through any and every situation. There are a number of miracles that happen in that story. So the one that's so obvious was Jesus Christ walking on the water. You know, he comes and walks on the water. The water becomes firm underneath his feet. Wow. You know, we're so trusting of the things we can see. I'm standing on this solid thing now. I, I don't think I'm going to sink into it. But I don't come up here and singing, I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, you know, please don't let me sink into this platform. I'm just standing there because I trust it. Exactly the same way God wants you to trust him. Even though what you are standing on, the situation might look so unstable like water. But when it comes under Christ, what does it become? It becomes firm. You know, the one who has authority over creation, he stabilizes the situation. But we have to be trusting. We have, the Bible says, you know, God... 
anyone, to, any, anyone who comes to him must believe that he is, and what? He's a rewarder of those who? So without faith, so that's the bit I was trying to find. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is, and he, um, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to have that faith in him and trust him that he's able to um, intervene in our situation. Amen. Amen. So, God reveals himself in more than one way. The Bible says he gets into the boats and immediately the land on the other side. Wow. That's a collapsing of time, isn't it? You know, he, he's not, he not only walks on water, you know, he calms the storm. There's another story in the Bible where he speaks to the storm and says, peace be still. And again, he enters the boat and bam, they were on the other side. <laughs> that feels like a sci-fi film or something like that. <laughs> you know, watch all these um, um, films and, and these things happen. But you see, all these things, Christ is Lord over time. He's Lord over space. The other day at home, we were in a, in a prayer time one evening. And we're looking at the scripture that says, um, you know, it says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto it. And you know, one of the things that he says in that passage, he says, you know, um, why worry about all those things? All the things we worry about. He says, if, for, if you cannot add an hour to your life, and the Bible says, in that scripture, it says, even that tiny thing, you know, adding an hour to your life in God's, in God's um, hand is tiny, it's little. It says, even if you cannot do that little thing of adding an hour to your life, why do you worry about the things you will eat, the things you will wear, eh? the house you will live in? Why do you worry so much about that? When the birds of the air don't sow or store in bands, and the Bible says, even the grass of the field, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. And I began to think in my head, I said, Lord, the Bible says that um, a day like with the Lord is like a thousand years. Do you remember that scripture? And a thousand years can be like a day. So if an hour, if you, <laughs> how long will an hour be? Calculated that. And so, okay, an hour probably about 41 years or thereabout. And if God adds, and if God says 41 years, I'm just, you know, don't quote me and say, okay, today says um, 41 years is called to an hour in God. No, no, I'm just, just kind of, you know, um, and using that as an illustration. If God says, for that little thing of adding more time to you, is little, and yet we worry about the thing. So what is it then is he asking us to do? He says, seek you first the kingdom of God, and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Not to take too much away from this story. You know, Bible t we're told that this sign is for what? It's for us to believe that he's the Messiah and in believe that we might have life in his name. You know, we talked about signs in the other stories heard. The signs are not where we pack. We don't pack with the sign. You know, he's not expecting them to actually say, oh, wow, Jesus walked on water. And that's going to be the doctrine. That's all they sit with. They don't do anything with that. More, they don't do anything more than that. All they talk about is Jesus walking on water. But no, that's not what he has called us to do. He has called us to spend time with him, to know him, you know. Like um, John said, he says that you might know that he's the Messiah, that you might go after him. He says knowing him is eternal life. And that's what he wants you to have, to have that life. To have that life, you must know him. 
you must get to know him. That definition of know, there are two of those. The latter one is where you develop a relationship, you spend time with them, and you become more friendly with them. You know, in some in a scripture, I think it's Colossians 1 27. Um, So Colossians 127 says, you know, this is a mystery that was hidden for the ages through generations and is now revealed in us. To them, in other words, to them God has chosen to make known the, to the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, Christ, that glory that God is revealing through all the signs, he wants to reveal that glory through you and through me. Today, he wants you to be the Jesus that people see and say, wow. If I'm going through that situation that is so difficult, but yet they can see how I've gone through it because Christ was with me, how I've overcome. That then tells the story of Jesus and somebody else so that they might believe that God sent him and they have life as well. Um, I, had, I have a testimony. Um, I remember when I first started in my, um, in my job, I worked in a very, on a very difficult um, um, project. And I remember that it was, um, I gave everything that I could give to it, but things did quite change in that, um, in that environment. It was such, you know, very chaotic place at the time. And I remember we go for meetings and it was always, you know, it was like a battleground. Oh, who was supposed to do this? You know, anyway, so I, I, I came in and did what I could do. And I just prayed to God and said, Lord, you know what came to mind? The Bible tells us that Joseph was in his, the house of his master Potiphar and he prospered there. God was, he was a prosperous mom and because God was with him. And I just began to just say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this particular difficult situation, but I need you to step into it and work. I can't say it was easy. There were really tough times well, I remember one session I had with um, one of my um, senior colleagues then, and we're looking, doing a review of how things have gone in that particular um, area, piece of work. You know one thing that um, I was told? I was told, oh, Yitunde, do you know that you're the only one who has met your objective? You're the, o you're the one who has come into this project and actually industrialized it, in other words, it's begun to run so smoothly that somebody else could take it and run with it. At the time, I was not even thinking about that. I even thought, maybe, Lord, am I even doing anything well here? You know, <laughs> am, I, you know, am, I, am I making any difference? But today, somebody else began to, of course, I could move, that on, move, on, move on and give that to somebody else to do. And I, I think I began to have a quick repetition for being given some of the most difficult projects. <laughs> give it to you today, you know, she'll sort it out. But, and I said to myself, Lord, you are the author of life. All these things we're working on. You know everything. You know how it's supposed to work. You know what I should do. You know, and I just began to pray and trust God for it. It has been tough. It's a very tough area of work. But I could see that God's hand was in some of the things. In fact, a lot of the, all the things I did, God's hand was in it. And the testimonies that, you know, people, when I speak to colleagues, I say, oh, you're you know, in the culture I grew up in, we do not praise ourselves. It's a culture where other people sing your praise, 
You don't ever say, oh, by the way, I did this. No. It's okay. Well, somebody should tell, say that about you, not you saying it. So a lot of things I, I kind of just thought, oh, actually, I did that, but mm, what? it's no big deal, nothing. And then people come and say, oh, Gitunde, you did this, you do that, you know, you come this. And I just thought, wow, Lord, all this is to your glory. Why am I giving this testimony? What I'm saying is that life is not always going to be easy. But with Jesus on your, in your boat, you can work out things and he can help you to get to the other side. You know, so he got into the boat and immediately they got to the other side. Sometimes you might think you've even wasted time. You think, oh God, I've spent so much time on this thing. I've wasted so much time. Or my life is passing me by. I'm supposed to have achieved this by this time in my life, and I haven't. Do you know that God can take you to the other side? You know, can, can work things out with you. That by the time you get to the other side, you look at and think, what was I worried about all this time? Look at what God has done. You know, in a very short period of time, he turns things around um, for you. Amen. think oh okay so time's going very quickly so we see this story um, that you know Jesus revealed himself as the I am he walked on water he collapsed you know he collapsed time really he got they got to the other side immediately you know Jesus bring, brings comfort he brings peace he loves us so much we sang that song that you know that he loves us that he, he I think We've not sang that song yet. <laughs> I was singing it in my head. All right, okay. God loves us so much that he wanted to have a relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, and in conclusion, the signs that he shows us is not for us to pack by the signs. It's for us to seek him more, to pursue him, to know him. That we may know him and become more and more like him. In 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image. The more we seek him, we pursue him in his word, we spend time with him, the Bible says we become more and more like him, um, and we're conformed into his image. Amen. Amen. So today, if you don't take anything at all from all I've said, all I want you to remember is that Jesus sees you. He sees all you're going through. He's, he wants you to come to him, just like the disciples. Recognize him, allow him into your boat, and he'll take you safely to the other side. Signs are to send us to him. They're not to get us to sit by those miracles um, only. Amen. Do we have time for, I don't think we have time for, do we still have time for the response? All right, okay, so... Um, just before we respond, let, let's just pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word we've heard today. Lord, may, may, may you help us, O oh God, that we are continually pursuing you, O oh God, not the signs, not the things that we get from you. Yes, thank God for all the miraculous signs. Thank you for all the blessings that you, 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 you provide for us, the promises in your word. But Lord, may we know that you are the real deal. It is the knowledge of you. It is knowing you, spending time with you. The Bible says knowing you is eternal life. May we know you more and more. May we be fully embedded in you that we might have that life that you give us as we know you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.